The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. You know, I, I love how the seasons fall because right after you've gotten like a, a, a lot, you've gotten a lot, you come on, some of y'all, food, presents, a lot of things. Anybody get some really neat presents, good stuff, got your favorite meal, I got my favorite meal, my wife does fried chicken, I, I did got my favorite meal, and so we're kind of on this uh, five, six, seven days of just me, 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 y'all, we watch the, our favorite show show we watch different games we watch different things and so what happens is we just continually uh, are getting presents eating right now I've, we've got sweets everywhere that we made we had our the, some family extended family come in and we have this tradition where we make these chocolate covered pretzels amen and uh and, and so every night I, I don't even want them but every night they're in my hand and I'm eating them. I'm just, I'm like, so how you, and I'm like, how did this even get in my hand? But it is, and I love it. And so, and then, so it's like right at the climax of your selfishness, there starts this new year. And, and I think it's like, okay, there has to be a major transition in your thinking. Because if you're not careful, you'll carry give me to the next year. And what will happen is. It'll set you back. It'll not set you up. As we talk about this, I believe that there are some of you holding a God-given dream. And I am praying that by, by the conversations that I've had, the things that are in your heart, the things that you want to do, I'm believing that this year you see them come to pass. I'm believing that addictions are broken, that sons and daughters that were lost come back and surrender their heart and their pride and meet Jesus. I want this next year to be a year of victory for you. Well, you know, that's easy to say. I mean, it sounds good. It's like, amen, hallelujah. It's good. But with all of that, you know, it's the first day. <laughs> it's the first day of the year. And so it's like, yeah, that's what I want. And you know what? Here's what we know. That the closer we get to God, the more that God does in our life. And that God will transform us and his word doesn't come back void. And my assignment today is to help strengthen your faith and start this new year in a posture of receiving rather than resisting. To receiving what God wants. To, re to receiving that, that steps, the, that, that order, that mandate, that, the things that need to change. Come on, we all have those things that we, we kind of know, man, that's kind of hindering me. And rather than starting 2007 resisting, let's start it embracing what God has for us. Because this, this new year is an opportunity. It's not a guarantee. It's an opportunity that you can, because no, no, one, no one died last night. At least not you. You're here. And so I have to believe that God orders time. And if you're here, that there's something, there's a grace on your life that God wants to see something happen in your life this year. And as you move forward, this is a responsibility. It's a responsibility that we have. And so today I want to talk about a fresh start, about giving God an opportunity to help you walk in the victory that He has planned for you. I don't know about you, but I, I, we, we got... 
these, we got, we got all of our kids and, and me and my wife. So we have four kids. So we have, so six in our family and we got everybody, um, uh, laser guns. Okay. And we got laser guns. And so for the past three days, we've just been like, and so the guns are cool. And I know that some of you like really don't care about this, but just go with me. Okay. And so what happens is on this gun, there is these four modes. There is single shot. Okay, there is bazooka. Okay, there is automatic machine gun, and then there is shotgun. And so we're all playing, and some of you are like, you're, no, Pastor, you're so violent. But, but okay, it's a laser tag. It's laser tag, no darts. Okay, so, so anyway, and what happens is the kids try to bum rush me. All of them, all of them, and and Trevor's. You're trying to do this attack thing where, and I'm here, and I'm trying to get, and they're all getting, and so I have to restart. <laughs> and so we have this thing when we're playing because everybody's like watching the gun, making sure that you don't restart because it's so easy because you have three lives, and after that your gun doesn't work, and so it's very easy to go. <laughs> <laughs> And start again. And I don't know about, about you, but have you ever been in a place in your faith or in your life where you're like, oh, I need to restart. <laughs> I need to start this again. I need a fresh start. Well, that didn't work the way I thought it was going to work. That conversation didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen. Ooh, that, 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 that job, that career, you know what I'm saying? The conversation with my parents, none of that happened the way I thought. Can we stop? Can we have a redo? Can we, can we redo this? And here's the deal. The greatest thing is you can. You can. That's why it's the gospel message and it's a gospel of hope. Because you can. You can repent at any moment. You can turn at any moment. You can humble yourself at any moment. And your life can take a different trajectory at any moment. Mark chapter 2 verse 18. 18 through 22, and it says this, the disciples of John and of the Pharisees were fasting, and when they came to him, they said, why do your disciples, why do the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, can a friend of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. Let's go on. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on old garments, or else the new piece will pull away from the old, and it will tear it, and it will be worse than it was before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wineskins will burst, and the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined but the new wine must be put into new wineskins. I want to talk about this passage. I want us to dial down on a couple thoughts here because Jesus is downloading a crazy new concept. These disciples of the Pharisees, these people, these disciples of John the Baptist were very confused. They did not understand while Jesus' disciples did not have to fast. And in their culture, they fasted twice a week. Twice a week. And so they were like, whoa, hold on, hold on. Your, your, your disciples don't fast. We fast. Y'all eating, we not eating. I don't know. 
Can we talk about this? And so Jesus takes this, this conversation and he goes much deeper, much deeper. And, and, and what he tries to tell you is that salvation is not based on a law, which was established so that God's people would know how to live. But now, salvation was based on love. And so he started to talk about it because back then, what were they fasting for? See, we fast different than what they fasted in the Old Testament. They were fasting for the coming Messiah. They were fasting. And in fact, back then, the, the law wasn't even that you fasted twice a week. It was that you fasted at the Day of Atonement. But because of religion, come on somebody, we took this concept and now we started to retrofit it into our life. And maybe somebody thought, hey, instead of fasting one time, maybe if we fast every week, not twice a week, the Messiah will come faster. I don't know what they were thinking, but they obviously had taken it to a man level. Can I tell you that I love the lights, I love the band, I love all this, I love all that we do, but Jesus is not in the system. He's not in the lights. He's not in how we dim it. He's not in the air condition. He's not in how comfortable your, your backside is on that chair. It's not any of that. And Jesus begins to start dialing in on three concepts. Jesus first begins to say, Jesus responds and says, nobody fasts at a wedding banquet. The reason they were fasting is because they were mourning over their sin and they were wanting the Messiah to come. Now here's the deal. Jesus is basically saying, hey yo, at a wedding, everybody's usually happy. I mean, you may got the one ex-boyfriend. <laughs> that dude's not happy. But you snooze, you lose. I mean, you had your chance. Sorry. <laughs> Listen. But generally, everybody's happy. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, man, festival, cool, sermon. I mean, it's a message. Everybody, I do. It's sweet. Everybody, oh, white dress looks good. You know what I'm saying? Jamming afterwards, playing dance moves. You know, everybody's excited. Everybody's happy. What, he, what Jesus was saying is that my disciples are with the reason you're fasting. So there is no reason to mourn. There is only a reason to celebrate. And so they will mourn and they will fast. When I leave, they will go back to God. When are you coming? Keep me right. Help me. Help my perspective. Help me stay on track. So I will fast some. But right now, the one that you're fasting is here. The second thing is it says that nobody sews a new patch on old garments. And I don't know, I mean, I'm probably, you probably all are all sewers. But, um, but if you are, cool. And if you're not, you don't take an old, rugged worn out garment and put a new patch on it because once you begin to sew into that fabric because it's all these little holes in and out 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 got the point now 
what will happen is it will tear apart the garment. And here's the thing. Jesus was saying that, you know what? Many people try to patch themselves with spiritual experiences or religious practices. And the truth is, that's, I think, one of the reasons that the, the, the American church is so ineffective is because everybody's looking for a patch. You know what I mean? Preacher, say something really good to help me get through Monday and Tuesday, and then I'm going to slide into Wednesday, or I'm going to slide into a life group, and then I need something a little. And listen, I am for all that. We need community. The Bible very clearly tells us that we are not an island, that you need to run with people. You need to be around good people who are going to strengthen you and help you and speak vision into your life. I believe that. But listen, those groups were not, never supposed to be the end-all deposit for your own faith and your own maturity. There has to be some work on your end. And listen, come on, we, we are a society where, come on, the number one goal in a new year is, man, i got to lose some LBs. All right, this is the year. I'm taking off that 15 pounds. Come on. This is the year. And so here's the deal. We don't want to work out. We want to take a pill. Oh, no. Sweating? Running? Continually? Listen, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, it doesn't matter what it is. All I'm saying is that we are people who we really don't want to do the work, but we want the benefit. And listen, that is an outside culture thought that has come into the church. And now we really don't know anything about our faith other than what the program has said to us. And that's a very dangerous place for us to be as the body of Christ, the light in a city. Come on, we care about our city. We care about Roger. We care about Hot Springs. We care about Louisiana Monroe. We care about where we're at. And you have got to be right so you can be a light. You've got to be that. Now, he talks about patching garments. The last thing he says is, Nobody puts new wineskins into old wineskins. Nobody puts new wine into old wineskins. Listen, you can't put new ideas into an old mindset. I meet people who want to change, but they want to change a little bit. Come on, have y'all ever met those people? I want, I want, to, I want to change my finances. Okay, well, what? Let and so we're, let's do a drastic change. Get on a budget. You know, save ten, tie ten, live on eighty. Just wreck this thing. Live on cash. Cut all your credit. Oh, I don't want to do all that. I just want to have a lot of money. Okay. So I want a marriage. Man, I want a marriage that, man, man, I'm, I'm talking about the people look, that brings people together. I want a marriage. Okay, great. Here's what you, you do. Why don't you spend some time together, cut out TV, cut out this, spend some time, talk, talk. What? <laughs> talk about what? Talk about dreams and visions and life and What's going on in you, and, 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 and what are you dealing with? And let me pray with you. Pray, to, pray together? 
Like out loud? Do we have to hold hands? Sounds a lot like church. You know, we do that. I remember when Katie and I got married, I had issues. I had a lot of issues. I'm just telling you I did. Um, But I remember she was like, when it was our first year of marriage, and she was like, okay, I think we should pray. And I'm like, all right, cool. And she's like, and I'm like, (laughs) good idea. (laughs) And she's like, no, we're going to pray. And I was like, I'm I'm praying. You pray there, I'm going to pray here. And she was like, no, but we're supposed to pray together. And I was like, we are. And she was like, no, out loud. Like, I take a turn, you take a turn. I was like, you're weird. (laughs) But these levels of intimacy, you hear what I'm talking about? The reality is this, that if we're not careful, we will want change, but we don't ever really want to change anything. We just want a different result. But we don't really want to change. And, the, and, and here's the thing. You can't get new results with old behaviors. The issue wasn't ever the wine. But it was always the skin. Because the wine was exactly what it needed to be. The old wine skin was, was, was hardened. And it ceased to be pliable. And come on. We could stay here all day long. But I meet people who are, cease to be pliable. They, they, they honor God. And they respect what God's done in their life. But God speaking to them. And them being moldable and pliable. That's a whole different thing. That's why I love a ministry that's going to have young people and college students when our college students come back, when they come back into session, because they're still hungry. They haven't seen that life doesn't work out. And there's a great part about that, that naivety, that, that it's going to work. And because we're older, well, it doesn't work exactly like you planned. And so because of frustration, brokenness, lies, hurt, We step back from the calling of God on our life because people hurt us. And can I tell you this? It's very, very important that we continually as a church, as a body, that we're we're constantly bringing our old wineskins and having them fill us anew. Yes, I'm talking about two concepts. There is one salvation... But then there is the dedication of your life that says pick up your cross and follow him. And come on, there's been many times when I have had the wrong thought or I've had some little chip on my shoulder or I've had to battle with who I was fighting in my mind that they didn't even know but I knew and I had to lay that down. And God, I need you to fill me up again. I need you to fill me up because I've got to contain what it is that you've called me to contain. I've got to stay pliable. I've got to stay moldable. When the word goes forth, I can well. Huh, huh, huh. And, and here's the deal. We, we have a, a, a church full of critics. Well, I don't know why you preach that. That's not the full gospel. That's part of the gospel. Well, I don't know about that. Well, who do you think your kids are? And, and before we know it, we have people who are looking here and here, and there's this constant battling. Because preachers are mad at their congregants and the congregants are mad at the preacher and no one's pliable. I got to stay pliable. 
And you've got to stay pliable. And we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us. When is the last time that he has dealt with you soberly in love and you made a change? Because it's a whole lot easier to amen something than it is to change something. As we talk about a fresh start, Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 26 and 27 says this, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you. I will, I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statures and for you to keep my judgments and to do them. Come on, that's what we need. A transfer, a new wineskin. Salvation is not based on my performance. It's based on God's promise. Salvation is not based on my goodness, but it is based on God's grace. I don't get to heaven because of my own merit, but it's because of God's mercy. While that is foundational and fundamental, there is still a responsibility on my part. There is still something on that I have to do. There's still management that I have to do. God created a wonderful garden, but Adam and Eve had to tend it and keep it. Listen, as we look at this, I want to give you three quick things and then we're going to leave. Three steps to a fresh start. The first is this. Humble yourself before God. It's a whole lot easier in your life to humble yourself than to be caught. And for those of you that you've lived a little life, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Come on, when you, when you come and you say sorry and you throw yourself at the knee, you, you th- when my son, I, the other day he did something and, and, and I, I was like, Hey, who did this? And uh, Sage walked in, and I said, all right, who, who marked on this? It was a Sharpie on the carpet, big circle. And, I, and I, we were just talked about, because he had just gotten a fork and scraped the bench. And, uh, and so we would have a conversation. Uh, some of y'all know how that conversation went. And, and the mighty wind of the Lord. No, I'm sorry. But... <laughs> And so we started talking about the carpet. And here's the thing. I, I walked in the first time with the bench. He was like, I didn't, I, I didn't do it. It was Tia. And Tia's like, I know not to do that. And I was like, she does know. And he, he was, I mean, for 15 minutes. And so finally I walk in there and I go, okay. Everybody go to a different room. And I walk in and I go, Sage, it was you. He goes, okay. <laughs> so so we, we talked. We had a talk. So the next time, the marker on the ground, I get everybody in the room. I said, all right, guys. He goes, Dad, I did it. <laughs> he got a little bit of discipline, but here's the deal. He fell at the mercy. 
he humbled himself so the consequence didn't have to humble him. He humbled himself. And let me tell you something. If you'll humble yourself in the sight of God with your attitude, with your deal with your parents, with the deal with your relationships, with the offense, if you'll humble yourself, if you'll humble yourself in the area of whatever it is, lust, pride, compromise, if you'll humble yourself, God will pick you up and lovingly brush you off and set your feet on solid ground. The second thing is this. You have to ask yourself. We're talking about a fresh start. Okay? First is you humble yourself before God. The second is this. You have to ask yourself, are you becoming churchy or Christ-like? You, are you becoming churchy or Christ-like. Now, here's the deal. I love our church because I really do feel like we are not a churchy church. I don't want to be, a, oh, bless God, hallelujah. I mean, I'm like, people are like, you know, I live on the streets. We don't talk that way. I don't even know what you just said. People, spiritual people, we're talking like in the King James verse, hey, brother, blessing all out. What? And no TV show talk like that. <laughs> but the reality is this. Listen. The enemy is okay that you come to church as long as you're not effective. Here is the difference between churchy and Christ-like. Churchy people are hard. Christ-like people are hopeful. Churchy people sit. Christ-like people serve. Churchy people watch. Christ-like people witness. Churchy people attend. Christ-like people play a role. That's the difference. And it is my heart. And I know, listen, listen, let me just say this real quick. I know that everybody's in a different season. And I know that everyone has different obligations. And I know that there are times and seasons and you may not be able to do all that you want to do. But my encouragement to you is to take a step. Don't be churchy. Because a churchy person has a hard heart. They sit, they watch, and they just attend and they leave. Hoping that their attendance works out and is enough to please God. God wants a relationship with you. He cares about you. And I'm telling you, if everyone leaves you, the Bible says that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. That, that's who God is. The last is this. Three steps. The first one, humble yourself before God. The second, ask yourself, are you becoming churchy or are you becoming Christ-like? And the third and the last is this. Ask the Spirit to reveal where He wants to do a new thing in your life. He wants to do a new thing in your life. Come on, it doesn't matter. Listen, I, I was talking to some young people last night. I had my rebellious moments. I had my pride moments. I had moments, we, even in our marriage, where we had to have a fresh start. Come on, we were around great things. But just because you're around great things does not mean that great things want to come out of your heart toward the people you love. 
Listen. The Holy Spirit wants to do something new in your life. Take you, the Bible says, from glory to glory. There's another place for you. There's another step for you. There is something else for you. Not to be broken and addicted. Not to be confused. On our walls of our church, you will see everyone needs forgiveness. Everybody needs freedom. And everybody needs focus. And I am here today to stir up in this new year what God has called you to be. What God has called you to be. And there is more in you than you think. There's more in you than you think. And so here's what I want to do. I, I, I want to do that, that last song, but I don't want to do the oh, oh parts. I want to do the parts to talk about Jesus. <laughs> then we can go oh, oh. But, but here's the thing. I feel like there's some thunder. So, it's good to get heavy. No, I'm just kidding. But here's the thing. Listen, listen. Um, do you need to humble yourself? Come on. The issue with family. Do you need to humble yourself? We need to kind of look at the sound here. Um, do you need to look at yourself and go, you know what, I'm kind of getting churchy. I'm kind of getting churchy. And you know what happens to all of us? It has happened to me. Where I just go through the motions. You know, you say you're praying for someone, but you don't ever pray for them. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'll be praying for you, brother. <laughs> Come on. We don't want a churchy church. We want a Christ-like church. We want a church that, that is hopeful, that serves, that witnesses, that plays a role in building the kingdom of God. Ask the Spirit to reveal what He wants to do in your life. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at The House, follow us on social media at The House underscore NWA.